And welcome to another episode of Red Thread Podcast. I am your host, the Royal We, Randy. Appreciate you tuning back in and being with me here on this journey of enlightenment, understanding, and perspective. I've got a very unique and individual perspective for you today. Mr. Emmanuel Kingman was in the studio. So we discussed quite a few things, uh, primarily kind of cycling around demons. Um, what these are to the both of us and to the world as a whole. Um, very strange thing about that, uh, as above, so below, as within, so without. We see this kind of direct correlation when it comes to demons. So, um, yeah, let's jump right in. Uh, enjoy the show. And tonight in studio, we've got Emmanuel Kingman of Good Over Darkness podcast, Godcast. And uh, this has been a long time coming. I've been waiting to have some of these conversations for a hot minute here. So I'm stoked to have Emmanuel Kingman in tonight. How's it going, Emmanuel? Oh, thank you for having me here, Randy. I'm so honored to be here. And we were talking a little beforehand, and I love what you were just telling me all that stuff so i'm so pumped and ready for this conversation awesome brother awesome i appreciate you coming on and um yeah so i mean if anybody you seem like the guy i'd want to talk to when it comes to certain subjects one of which being demons uh can also be spelled d-a-e-m-o-n depending you know on where you're looking so we'll just kind of jump right in here with that topic um, from a personal perspective, um, I'm coming more and more into the realization that as within, so without, as above, so below, there's a direct reflection, if you will, between the micro and the macro and what our, our soul's doing and what's going on in the tangible material world. And I think the the word daemon or demon um, kind of really digs into that that kind of thing going on for lack of a better phrase there. Um, so, yeah. Um, I mean, we all know what demons are as far as popular culture, right? Um, right. We, we think we do. We Exactly. We <laughs> think we do. And so, um, so, I mean, just the basic concept of a demon is a, a dark entity, right? Like a dark uh, ethereal being. Um, or a, like a fallen angel, right? So you have that. It's portrayed in cartoons, you know, as the devil on the shoulder and uh, things like this. But the interesting thing about the word itself, if you look into it a little bit, you'll find out that originally, daemon or demon meant just the go-between or messenger um, between us and the divine. So it right. was kind of... And that's in the Greek. Correct. Correct. So, you know, it was, it was suggesting not necessarily like the duality that demon kind of suggests now between good and evil. It was more of a just common ground in between. Um, you know, of course, in, in the Bible, it speaks of the fallen angels, um, speaks of the watchers and so on. There's that whole wild Genesis six thing that was going on that really kind of seems to be happening right now also. So yeah. that's pretty nuts. But um, 
back to Damon or Demon. And I say Damon because it's D-A-E-M-O-N. And um, so, yeah, in the Greek, it's suggestive of just a go-between. Now, the super interesting thing also, and I know you're familiar with this, is the the phrase also means when you're looking at computer programming, uh, it also means a process running in the background that basically is accomplishing things for you, Hmm. you know? So, so it's a program running that's receiving your mail, right? Uh, While while uh, you're doing something else. It's that Gmail thing. Whenever you email an account that doesn't exist, you get the mailer dame on, right? Correct. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, I mean, on that, that background, uh, background program kind of subject, um, you know, I did want to express to you and hear your input on the background things going on within us, not just in a computer, right? But this is also applies to within our minds, you know, and within right. our souls. Um, people are pretty familiar with the phrase of, I've got some demons, but the more you look at it, like, wait a minute, I've got some background things going on that, that I'm. And here's the crazy thing about demon or daemon, right? Unless you're authorizing it to to do that action, right? Unless you click accept on your Gmail app, it's not allowed to process that information in the background. So I feel that it's very much the same uh, with our inner demons. You know, it's a suggestion, a little voice in your ear saying, yeah, yeah, do that. That sounds great. Do that, you know, and it's really ultimately up to us whether we want to act on that or not. So I just wanted to ask your thoughts on background programs running in your life and in your mind, things maybe that you've overcome, um, whether it be recently or in the past and um, why you might consider that a demon. Okay. Yeah. So the word demon, when, when we hear that word, it's demonized, Uh, you know, the way the language works, it's very odd the way that our language is it's there's a lot of double meanings and we use things cross-reference them across many different things and then they lose their meaning completely and then like in the word demon we have this completely mystical sense of what a demon is now to me like you were saying demon does mean a lot of different things i can apply it on many different scales when i look at the human body I see four different states of being for the most part. There's the physical state, which is your physical body, uh, the most dense. Then you have your emotional state, which is obviously your emotions, your mental state, which is your mind and your thinking, and then your spiritual state. That's going from the lowest to the highest. It would be in that level. And the spiritual is obviously, you know, the, the spirit. That's where everyone thinks that the demons exist. But demons exist on all four levels. And you have to figure out where they are and how they operate in all the different levels. So while we have this word thrown around and it's probably overused in a large degree in the American uh, lexicon, it is also not used enough because most of these things that are doing these things uh, that are negative are demons. But we're just not understanding exactly what it is. So when we're looking at the human level, you know, I, I look at parasites as demons. They have the same characteristics. I've done uh, a few episodes. I, 
I've done an episode with a demonologist and I've done an episode, a few episodes with someone who detoxes regularly from parasites and teaches how to do all that. So when I talk about those things, parasites and demons, they're, they turn out to be the same thing. They have the same characteristics. So that's the physical level and that's the spiritual level, you know, the demons that possess you. The demons, the, the quote-unquote alien abduction phenomena that I've experienced, uh, these, in my understanding, are demons. And this isn't from a Christian background that that everything's demons. You know, this is an understanding I've gained through spiritual understandings, through psychedelics, through meditation. After all that, I came to be saved by Jesus Christ, and through my saving process, I started being attacked by the things that were helping me wake up by those energies that were whispering things to me, telling me secrets of the world that I was becoming super psychic. And I was being whispered to, uh, by these things of of all sorts of uh, different things. So when they started attacking me because I linked up with Jesus, well, then it gave everything a whole new perspective for me. And I started really questioning different things. So I'll leave that uh, there for the moment. So what you were asking me is the emotional and the mental state is how, okay, so in our lives, how do demons affect us in a way that isn't a parasite that's physically in us, which you can really get rid of the rest of your demons if you do a, a parasite detox, that's step number one. But how do you focus on the two in-between states, your emotions. So when we have things whispering to us, so we have to firstly understand that we are beings of peace, love, happiness, and joy. They are our four main states of emotion. If you're not in that one of those states, then something is taking you out of that that shouldn't be. Now, for myself, I evaluate all of my actions and thoughts on a very minute level. I'm constantly processing everything that's going on. I'm reflecting immediately upon things. Uh, A lot of people in the Christian community, they'll say convicted by the Holy Spirit, and they'll have to apologize right away. This is something I was doing before I was saved by Christ. And then once I was saved, and I started to understand, oh, this is what they mean. Convicted by the Holy Spirit is, I can't lie. I I can't purposely mislead somebody. Uh, There's just certain things I can't do. So when I used to do that, I realized that was something affecting me on the mental plane, something that wanted me to lie, something that wanted me to steal when someone turned their back, that that was a demon. These were thoughts, negative thought patterns that I was stuck in. So right there on, on the two mental states, and I'll throw it back to you in a second here, is we we are affected on all four levels by demons and the first level physical levels, parasites, the second level, the emotional stuff. That is when you get angry, when you shouldn't be angry. That is when you get overly sad and you shouldn't be. That is when you get too emotional, no matter what it is, even in excitedness, when you get too excited, that is still, even though that's a good feeling, it gets you, an uncomfortable um, vibrational frequency pattern uh, about you that that if you were to look at your heart rate, you know, maybe it's jumping a little bit. That's not necessarily 
a bad thing, but it's also not necessarily a good thing. You want to kind of be stable all throughout your day. So that's how they affect you on the emotional level is that they get you out of your four main emotions on the mental level is they are whispering things to you so that you get stuck in these uh, thought pattern behaviors and you're stuck in a rut. You keep seeing the same boyfriend or girlfriend you that that's no good for you uh, or the same type of person that's no good for you. You keep having this negative self-talk about yourself. You're hearing your mother bickering at you when you're a grown man and your mother's nowhere around. And on the spiritual level is they are keeping you. So usually for the spiritual level, it is like a possession or demonic influence or oppression that it's like this veil gets put over you that is then covered and they're affecting you on the first three stages. So they don't have to do much on the fourth stage. If they take over you on the fourth stage, it's very late in the game and you have a lot of stuff that needs to be done. So on the spiritual level, they come in through open wounds, open portals, if you will, trauma, severe traumas that we invite them in and we, we let them team up with our ego to keep people away. Like if you're a child and you're hurt by somebody kind of like a defense mechanism, right? Like an inadvertent defense mechanism, you know, um, just that way you don't have to feel whatever pain or exactly do, do whatever shadow work that you might really need to do to kind of right. and you ignore your soul it. a little bit. Yeah. And you exactly. put it away and you let it team up with your ego as you sleep and have a nightmare that night about it. And instead of getting up in the morning and saying, all right, why did I have this dream? What do I need to address today? You just try to ignore it and you go to work and maybe you smoke some crystal meth and just to get through work and you get home and you, get drunk, you know, and then you have the same nightmare again and again and again, and keep trying to drown it out with these, I don't know, egotistical or very material methods, you know, um, and then what, what it's doing on that spiritual level is hitting the other three levels. That's the thing is you're not, so you're not taking care of your mental health. You're not taking care of your emotional health and you're not taking care of your physical health. The things you just named right there, they are poisons that we poison ourselves with. So right. we don't address the spiritual stuff. So that's, that's big time right there. What you were just saying for sure. And, you know, for the longest time, I, I looked at uh, crystal meth as a, as a molecule, right. As a molecular structure. And I'm like, Oh man, they, they must sit around in a, in a witch's convent and curse this stuff. When really, by the time you get to the point where you're like, okay, I'll do that. You're, so damaged and have so many open wounds that you're just amplifying something that's already there in your heart. You know what I mean? And um, so it's easy to get off the rails, especially with, you know, everything we're presented by um, quote unquote medicine as a, as a cure or not even a pharmacia. Right. Exactly. Pharmacia. Um, Which, you know, it can be beneficial, maybe not pharmacia, but, but um say you have depression and you, you know, you're, ha- you're having a hard time get through the day without bawling your eyes out or something. Uh, in my opinion, it might be a benefit for a period of time to not be bawling your eyes out and learn how to function in life, right. Um, mm. To get yourself out of that funk. But the thing they don't tell you when they're like, yeah, here, take this. It's 
always a blue pill for some reason. I don't know what it is about it, but it's always a blue pill. I know always. the ones I used to take were. It's the <laughs> Matrix. Know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah Zannies, Perks. That's what yeah, I like. Even you. even uh, um, Prozac. That's that's what I took. Yeah. I had a blue one. So so that's pretty wild. Um, but you know they don't. They do say, um, well, we recommend therapy. Like go sit and talk to a shrink, right? But they don't say, listen, we recommend some major spiritual reflection because, you know, your emotions are uh, indirect contrast or indirect link with your spirituality and and your soul vibration. Right. Um, Well, they want to keep us as goldfish that that if it's not happening and right in front of our face right now, that it's not real. It's not happening. You have psychosis and that it becomes a dangerous thing that they put into our minds to explore this uh, sudden urge of love that we get when we start waking up this and this sudden need to reflect on our lives and to talk to our loved ones. Well, to firstly cut off the negativity and, and come into ourselves. We, we have this sense that that's selfish, that we shouldn't be doing that because then we're only caring about ourselves. Everything in this world is just inverted. So they, it's, it's very, very difficult in this world to understand what is happening. hundred percent, man. I'm with you on that. And, you know, for the, for the longest time, um, due to an inability to understand what was going on within me, I just stopped giving a crap about everything else on the outside. Hence, you know, the self-destructive behavior and so on and so forth. Um, but it was, uh, gosh, a, a good few years ago now when I first uh, started trying to to better myself, right? And uh, I was with this woman at the time, and you know, I was like, oh, this woman makes me want to be a better man, right? So I did manage to cut out a significant amount of bad habits and things like this. But in that, I then handed over my power to something outside of myself in another person, even though that was, you know, with all good intention and everything, right. I still handed, you know, gifted over my power to this person who frankly didn't have the capacity to reciprocate, you know, Mm. any, any of what I actually probably needed. Um, you know, and, and we get into these type of relationships when we're lost, you know what I mean? When we're struggling to find the answer that I'm finding out now, that not to sound, you know, egotistical, but I do have all the answers, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's just a matter of working through those things. And, um, so yeah, it started out. So my journey of, uh, of awakening started out just by sitting still trying not to do drugs. (laughs) And that's how it all started out. And, um, so I just sat there and didn't call that dude up or didn't, you know what I mean? Go out to, to go drink. Right. I just sat on the couch. Congratulations, my friend. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. So, so I'm, um, I'm about a couple years in now. Uh, let's see in October, it'll be three. Wow. Yeah. It's been a while. So, so yeah. Um, so rewind back four or five years when I first started to try to, to, you know, get myself out of a funk, um, just sitting there trying not to do self-destructive things. So that functioned pretty well for a while, but a year, a year and a half goes by and I'm doing really great, right? Because I'm not doing these self-destructive things, but like you were saying about, about picking up things, right? 
um, through spirit or through God or through Christ, however you want to call it. And I'm pretty, pretty big on the fact that you shouldn't attach a title to something as awesome and righteous, even though it has been given a title in the world we live in, Jesus Christ, God, Allah, you know what I mean? There's all these different titles, but um, I'm kind of getting off, off the subject here, but th- those titles serve a purpose in our world and that's separation and divide, right? If you have each person specifically looking at one, one part of the whole, um, you know, you're, you're just, you're not going to have this cohesive unity that, you know, I feel really is necessary for humanity to kind of lift up beyond these control systems. But, um, all that aside, so I stopped and I'm like, all right, I'm not going to, not going to smoke dope anymore. I'm not going to do this or do that. I got away with that for maybe a better part of a year almost. And due to the fact that I wasn't, I wasn't fighting those voices that were, keying me in on certain informations about the world and certain things that I had no way of referencing or knowing at that point. Um, The strange thing is, is within the last couple of years, I've recognized the information that I was given that number of years ago and had it um, confirmed via outside sources or in black and white and paper, you know, so that's kind of wild. When that first happened to me, I was like, see, I'm not going crazy, (laughs) right? That was my first response. I'm not losing my mind. I really did understand this through a method that isn't the internet. And um, more on that another time. (laughs) But um, so I wasn't, I wasn't doing any of the work, right? Yeah, I was sitting there. Yeah, I wasn't, you know, using drugs, but I wasn't, I wasn't reflecting within. Uh, I wasn't pondering why I did the things I did. Um, so that served a purpose for a while, but needless to say, I did wind up falling back, you know, out of grace in a matter of speaking. And um, it got so bad to a point where I was like, look, I'm going to rehab. You know what I mean? Um, put myself into rehab. And uh, that came with strings attached, like uh, situation with my son and so on and so forth. So, but I knew it had to be done. And I wound up looking into a few places and I wound up finding the Salvation Army. And so that's where I spent eight and a half months, <laughs> you know, um, staying out of trouble. And it started off as, all right, this is just a safe place I can go. You know what I mean? Um, I'm familiar with God and the Bible, um, but I don't really need that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't really need any of that insight. I've, I've, read it all before or had it preached to me before, but I need a safe place I can go that will uh, hold me accountable. Right. Mm. So, so that was like the deciding factor. Okay. That, and they were the one that accepted me pretty much first. So that was a godsend itself. So I went down there and uh, you know, I'm like two, three months in maybe. And we go to winter jam. And that's a massive Christian concert series that that's you know takes place. I'm not sure where all it takes place, but man, and uh, all right. So I went there, not really just expecting to hear music, you know what I mean? Um, but the the energy in, in that building, in that stadium, through all of the praise, right, and and all of the the teachings that that were being 
you know, preached or taught by some of the the reverends or the preachers that would come up and, and talk, you know, in between sets. Um, there was just, man, so much power, so much just love and, and peace. Like I've never felt anything like it in my life. Right. Um, you know, going to church is one thing. Yes. There's a palpable kind of energy when you're in a congregation that you kind of blend or jive with. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was aware of that. Um, I recall being baptized when I was younger and never having had such an awesome day. <laughs> you know? Wow. Um, but I was like probably nine years old. I didn't know what that meant. You know, right. I remember trying to explain to my dad how how awesome I felt and he just didn't understand. Um, you know, he, he probably thought I was just being a silly kid. Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're silly. All it was is some water on your forehead. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so, you know, life took hold of me and and ran me through the ringer. Um, show, showed me the way, like, through atheism, back to spirituality. And so in going to this winter jam, I was like, an if it's like an S, right? I was like in a different bend of the curve, heading back towards what we can call Christianity right and and belief and so i'm heading back that way and then boom winter jam and that just like shoved me right to the point where i needed to be it was so palpable just so awesome i remember sitting in the salvation army after we got back and this is about midnight right and we get up the next day and and go work at a salvation army store that's what you do to pay your way through so so yeah it was really cool and you know they they're awesome people, man. I was so blessed to have gone there. And um, so it really just made me consider spirituality a little bit differently. Um, up until that point, I was relatively familiar with Eastern religions. Um, and just I kind of just knew that I didn't subscribe to basically any religion based on what my understanding was at that time. But going through this eight months, um, you know, coming back closer to Christ, if you will, on that curve and just pretty much being shoved right into line by the energy, the palpable feeling, you know, I was crying at points in that concert, you know what I mean? And it just, I couldn't stop it. It was just the whole fear of purging dude, love flowing right through. And, and it was so beautiful. You know what I mean? Um, Never had I known anything like that. And to boot, I did it without doing drugs. You know what I mean? So I I knew that there was something else right at that point and that I was on the right path. And so from that time forward, I pretty much started praying, you know, Jesus helped me to find my path to, or just after a while, once I learned to let go (laughs) and, uh, you know, kind of let go and let God, um, I started just handing things over, you know, Christ, please take this off my shoulders and lay the path in front of me. I will walk it, you know, and just my, my willing, um, and it's not even like an obedience kind of thing. I think people get that wrong a lot. Like, Oh, you mean if you, if you don't do something, there's this repercussion. It's like, no, it's not about that part. It's about the, if you do do something, the gifts, (laughs) you know what i mean yeah that's the thing that i try talking about most is that it's not you're not punished for doing something wrong 
you're just rewarded for doing something right. So the more right you do, the more rewarded you get. So you want to be rewarded. So you let go of the things that don't get you rewards. Right. Like I would be in a bad state, you know, during the day, hanging up clothes at a Salvation Army. Right. And and we worked eight hour shifts every day to pay kind of pay your way through. And I just started to learn that I could let go and let God. Mm. And, you know, after that point, dude, everything changed, everything. Um, At this point in time, I was still taking depression medication and things like that because I was, I was pretty much scared that if I didn't, I would go seeking, you know, other drugs and things. So I was taking all the pills and everything and uh, pattern behaviors daily, right do, doing doing that daily ritual of going getting my pills in the morning taking all these pills and essentially handing my power over to that system you know mm-hmm. and this is something i've only realized dude probably in the last three months is is when i realized the ritualistic nature and what i was actually doing by continuously taking this medication. I mean, for all I know, it could have all been placebos. Mm-hmm. And and so that's the way I started to look at it. No, dude, it is a placebo. Just listen, you're handing over your power instead of uh, handing it to those pills. Why not hand your power to Christ? Right. Why right. not? Why not say, here you go, <laughs> you know, take this weight and this burden and lay the path in front of me. I will be light enough. I will be able to walk that path. So please just lay it in front of me. You know what I mean? And so that's what started to happen. And, you know, after six, seven, eight months of, of this trend of just, just beautiful love filled Sunday, every Sunday was amazing in the church that they had there. And, you know, like I said, up to that point before then, I didn't really give it too much credence. Yeah. My mom's a Christian. My, my aunt is um, a Southern Baptist, you know, um, oddly enough, my mom would tell me stories about my aunt having clairvoyant type situations, dreams, premonitions, things like this. And I always thought that that was just crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, she's just thumping too hard that Bible, you know? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until Oh, geez, probably about a year ago, roughly, maybe even less, that that I realized that just like the negative voices that would come in when I would be using or drinking or angry or spiteful to somebody else, right, kind of amping that up, like, no, you're a piece of garbage, blah, blah, blah. And they were literal voices. You know, these were literal voices in my ear. audible. You know what I mean? Like I could hear it. And, you know, so I, back then I went to a shrink and I was like, listen, (laughs) listen, man, these things don't shut up. And they're like, Oh, you just have PTSD. Here's a medication. Right. So, um, so that didn't work. There's no cure for that. Yeah. That's what they tell you. Yeah. Here, take take this antipsychotic. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, this pill, when I first started taking it, dude, I slept for like four days the first time I took it, you know, and wow. had just crazy dreams. And um, so, you know, needless to say, or maybe not needless, but I just ditched that medication uh, right about the time after I got out of jail. And um, the crazy thing is, though, when I was in jail and there's nothing to do. So this is prior to me, you know, quitting and and learning to meditate. So 
I got this kind of audible voice, but it wasn't the demon telling me, you know, I'm garbage and this and that. It was like a very hopeful message. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a very uplifting kind of like, you're not alone. You know, um, maybe you shouldn't talk out loud to me. <laughs> was another <laughs> one that it said. Um, people don't understand. Yeah, they and, can hear you in your mind. Right, right. So, so they're like, people don't understand. They're not going to accept um, that you're not speaking to nobody, <laughs> basically. Right. So, I got a little tip from what I consider now my guide, uh, you know, or the the angel that's with me. I think we all and more or less have that with us and have the capability to establish a rapport with this. And here's the thing with with titles, you can call it your higher self, right? You can call it all of these things. Um, But ultimately I didn't have access to the guidance until I denounced evil and welcomed Jesus Christ into my heart, you know, and, and rebuked Satan and his minions and everything else. I didn't have that. So, you know, no matter, even no matter what I wanted to think, I knew that for a fact. So, you know, there's no denying that, that the power of Christ is palpable in more ways than just, um, yeah, I can give up my burdens to Christ. It's like, no, you you receive your gifts from, you know, he says, he's the way, the truth and the light, right? And if you're in a dark place, how bad do you need that light? You know what I mean? And it He came for the sinners. It, it, it's amazing, man. And so not to hit too hard for all the people out there that are, you know, devout atheists or anything, uh, the Christianity side of things. But when you look at it like this, you have the light and the dark, this world that we live in is a world of polarity and duality. So you have these two sides of essentially we'll call the same coin spirituality or the spirit, right? So you have these two sides. It's like a teeter totter. You know what I mean? The ideal place to be for the most part is right in the middle where you're not lifting up too hard or falling too hard. But the crazy thing is, is once you invite the light and, and, uh, and kindness and love and pretty much all the teachings of Christ, if you want to put it all in a nutshell, once you start to adopt the teachings of Christ and you start to love your neighbor as yourself, but then realize that, wait a minute, how can I love this person if I don't love myself? Right. <laughs> so, so that's where the shadow work begins and all the really uh, dingy, dirty details, the skeletons in the closet, you need to clean out and this and that. And, you know, for comfort's sake for a long time, I didn't do any of that house cleaning. You know what I mean? I was just ready to accept my guidance, but not ready to kind of do what was suggested or what was recommended by this very uplifting guide. And instead I was all too ready to listen to the other voice and self-destruct and call myself garbage and so on and so forth. And so, so yeah, I had demon. It's just like in a cartoon for the most part, you got a de- you know, devil and an angel, one on each shoulder, which one do you listen to? And that's where it's up to us. You know what I mean? We've got to yeah. decide which, which suggestion to kind of follow, but ultimately it's us that makes the decision like um and so getting back into the definition of of demon or daemon when you look at um oh geez where is it at here just a second never mind um when you get into the definition of of, of demon it specifically states that you 
that this has no material or tangible um, power, I guess you could say, right? It, it only works through through you or through the the medium, the if you will, right? The yeah. host. And, and this goes both ways, not just for demons, but also for angelic presences. Correct. Right. And um, so, you know, that was, that was my, my journey there through the Salvation Army. And it, <laughs> dude, the, I was essentially saved. You know what I mean? When I, when I came out of there, I was a different man than when I went in. Um, yeah. I went Could in. I, uh, not I paying any money. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I, well, that's a, uh, a terrific story. I mean, it sounds like you got exactly what you needed, exactly when you needed it, everything lined up for you exactly as you could take it in at that time of acceptance, uh, that it wasn't anything too radical, the decisions you were making. And this is the process of being saved is uh, that Christ walks you through your decision-making and he doesn't really do anything else. There are times of course, where you're going to be compelled to do things you don't want to do in order to help others or to help yourself. You're going to have to take that leap of faith, but for the most part, it's going to be small decisions here and there and everywhere. It's just going to be little decisions that build you up and make you better. And it's interesting. So when you were saying the, the different titles that, uh, you know, people have all sorts of names. I think the Bible says there's 72 names of God or something. And, and the Jewish people, uh, in, uh, ancient times, they didn't write down the name of God. They didn't use veils, which, uh, the name of God is probably, uh, A E I O U in English right. because yeah, they're the veils, veil L, which is a solemn promise of God or from God. So, it's uh, really interesting. So the way that I know God is Jesus Christ. So, you know, growing up, I didn't have Christianity necessarily. I went to Sunday school from five to 10, uh, ages five to 10, but uh, not every Sunday. And I didn't learn anything. The first mass I ever went to was this past Christmas Eve. But uh, last year I had a an accident where 400 pounds of chicken and cheese fell on me. And this is when I was into the Eastern mysticisms and, and learning all that, the chakra system, the energy centers, mm -hmm. and be, learning so much that me as a human was so much more than just this physical blob of meat. I, I was learning that, and that's what spirituality really does. It teaches you you're so much more, and it feels very empowering. But then I have this injury, and uh, over a three-day process, I end up hurling up demons that I... I literally went to throw up and it's deliverance. I didn't have a word for it for a long time, just until recently. I didn't know what deliverance was, but apparently that's what it is. You throw up, you purge out demons. Uh, so I had that happen to me and I was in bliss for 10 straight days. And it's the only words that came to me were Jesus Christ just saved my life. And I still didn't understand it for a long time. For the next two months, I was still... I wasn't on social media at all. I was trying to figure out what happened to me. Uh, but then I started to really understand it. And I was still embracing the Eastern uh, mysticisms and spirituality as a whole. And then slowly but surely, Jesus started walking me through why some of those things aren't actually as they appear. And as he did that, that's when I started being attacked by the same things that I said were helping me right. in the beginning. And so 
when I say Jesus Christ, now anybody can know him as however they know him. You know, it's not, it doesn't matter the name on our tongue uh, that we know him as. But to me, uh, I know the creator as Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter if someone's in the Middle East and they call him Allah. It doesn't matter if they're in Antarctica and call him Yahweh. You know, I don't know what exactly anyone needs to call him in order to i guess there are certain names that aren't his so i don't want to say that you can just call him anything but the it's the understanding in your heart and in your mind that that is the thing for me is that we have to have an understanding of why we are here what we are doing is for the benefit of not just uh ourselves but we are doing it for the benefit of our creator and of our other brothers and sisters that live amongst us. So if you're just doing this of the mindset of, I want to do this for other people because it's the right thing to do, that is inadvertently doing it for the creator. And it's also inadvertently doing it for yourself. So when you just keep your eyes on the prize, which is heaven, which is Christ, when you're keeping your eyes on him, you're doing everything for him. So then you are benefiting everybody else, because as you said, all of his teachings are in that one book that I never, I refused to pick up. Even when I was having all my experiences, I thought it was nonsense. I thought it was bogus. Came face to face with Jesus on multiple occasions in the astral realms. Still never even had the concept or thought to pick up a Bible or to invite Jesus in. I had invited in all these different psychedelics. I had invited in all these yeah. different voices that were helping me out. And I never invited in Jesus. I thought it was bogus until he saved my life. So it it is a very strange place that I'm in because I understand the Christians almost completely now, uh, but I also see where they are, I don't want to say incorrect, but where they are being misled for whatever reason. So I I do not classify myself as anything outside of myself. I'm not a Christian, but I'm a man of Christ. That's what I would uh, label yeah. myself. That's as. a really, that's a really good way to put it <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, that's, that's something that, that is an epic struggle for me. Right. Um, uh, because I, I just technically when it comes to religions, I'm not religious, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah, religion just, means I like just tradition. have I just have exactly I just have a personal connection with my creator, whatever yeah. people want to call that, and they're open to call it whatever they want. But the bottom line, like you're saying, is it's not about the the words on your tongue. It's about right. the the energy, the feeling in your heart, and you know, it's about that connection, a very deep connection through your heart chakra, right? Yeah. That that then you know connects you to this this awesome, amazing concept, being creator, whatever you want to call it, like I said. Um, and so, so I'm with you on, on looking at the Eastern philosophies, right. And, and saying, wow, there's really something here. In fact, this looks like it's more relevant than Christianity. At one point, that's how I felt. I was like, oh, you know, well, they don't teach in church that you're spiritual enough to uh, meditate and project out of yourself. And have these other types of gifts. Right. Uh, but then, uh, like I was speaking with my mom about my aunt and she has experiences where 
she has discussions with Christ about many things and has shown a lot of different information and um, through different means, um, dreams, uh, just general clairvoyance, like, like just understanding something instantly, (laughs) which, um, you know, exactly. And she has that discernment and, and that's something that I lacked for a very, very long time. And like you're saying about, uh, you know, these other plant, um, what do you call it? plant spirits, right? That that right. help you to understand through a certain lens what's going on in, in the ether or, you know, in, in the astral realm, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, once I stopped doing drugs, sat there and tried not to, started meditating, started learning to channel my energies, you know, in a productive manner, how to shake off the bad vibes and things like this. That was the biggest yeah. one at first was like, okay, let me clear my energy, shake off the bad vibes. And then I'd started asking questions, you know? Um, That's exactly and, right. That is so perfect. I love that you said that, that, that is awesome. Yeah, dude. Uh, start asking questions. Right. And when, you know, start getting answers. Now at this point in time, I didn't realize that it wasn't from a divine source because it wasn't, you know, ultimately I figured out what was going on. And it's very much like you're saying about us getting gems of information through this other, other source, a different messenger, right. That is so intriguing and opens your eyes to, to just enough to get you to go, okay, I'm going to sit and meditate, open all my chakras again and do that again. Right. Let me go back to that, that place of knowing, because the information that, that I would receive through meditation, through trance, right, was, was so profound, but it didn't have one thing. It was missing one thing, and that is that high vibration love. It, mm. it never had that. It was always like, boop, here's a, a split second and a bunch of information that's going to take you a long time to figure out in your Process. own head. Yeah, but here, here's a – and it, like some people talk about the astral like it's a movie screen – no, just imagine in ultimate fast forward, living through something and seeing all the points of view and understanding within a second, how difficult that is for your mind to wrap around that is, is mind blowing and mind boggling, but it didn't yeah. have this vibration to it. It just had a sense of knowing, which was, was great and everything. Um, and it actually showed me, at least it showed me this much in the beginning that I wasn't crazy. Because a lot of the information was then verified a couple of years later. And that couple of years later was about a year and four months ago was when, you know, I'm listening to a Joe Rogan podcast and uh, Bob Bigelow, Robert Bigelow um, is talking about, you know, there's a new understanding of the universe about to come out. Right. And, and I think he was talking about electric universe and, you know, the multitude of different energetic beings that exist, things like this. But he also said one thing, which just popped my gourd, like you wouldn't believe. He said, um, well, uh, Joe Rogan says, well, if you had to explain like what this realm is or where we're living and how, how that works, how would you explain it? He said, bubbles on bubbles on bubbles. (laughs) And that was the image that I had received those years ago when I first started meditating and started asking questions, And it was basically like a soap bubble. It was pretty much what I was shown or what was suggested in my mind's eye. 
but it was such a clear suggestion that I was like, whoa, where did that come from? Opened my eyes immediately and was like, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. Seriously, did that just happen? You know what I mean? Did I actually just connect with something outside of myself to receive information? So my mind was blown just that it happened in the first place, and but it took a couple of years. And it was only after I had found Christ again and and started living my life for Christ. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, like you're saying, for myself, right? In, in this kind of weird, dualistic, awesome way. Like once you let go and let God, God lets you. You know what I mean? You, you're then re, rehabilitated, <laughs> absolutely rehabilitated into a position where you can do for yourself. And there's one phrase that I was always very heavy on growing up through my whole life. And I would get a lot of shit for it. I, God does for those who do for themselves. And, and, you know, it just always rang true to me, even though I didn't ever fucking do for myself, pardon my language, but you know what I mean? It always rang true. I always had this understanding in the back of my mind and the bottom of my heart. And, um, so yeah, that bubbles on bubbles thing just blew my mind. I had to walk out of work and just die. I died laughing, dude. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like this took a couple of years to, to, uh, be confirmed on the outside. So I was like, okay, there's something to this. And so after that, I started meditating again, but kind of through a different lens, right? Kind of um, through a lens, which I had learned is, is ripe and full of love. And that's the lens of Jesus Christ flat out. There's no other way to put that out there for all the listeners out there, whatever that are atheists, Dude, maybe consider looking at yourself through a different lens, maybe through the lens of Christ. And if you look at what Christ says, he says, I love you. <laughs> there, there you go, right there. If you look through a lens of love, you will find what it is you're looking for. It's going to take a couple of major things. For me, it took a couple of major things. One was the willingness to, when I had a suggestion, about how to change my life, my behaviors, my eating habits, my language, you know what I mean? Which I'm still working on. I, I still curse every now and again. But one thing, um, one thing is, is I'm consciously aware of what's going on now. Um, right. And like you're saying that from that moment to moment, um, discernment and reflection, you know, within that moment, I used to have to wait till after I reacted uh, to, to make a discernment or to react, uh, accordingly. Right. Or I get mad and have to walk away because I was angry, but, you know, through this, this newfound joy and love and hope and everything that I was brought through Christ, I, I no longer have to take that time to reflect quite so much. I'm still in a work in progress as are we all right. But I am able to, if somebody irritates me, uh, actually, very recently, it's stopped happening that I get irritated with people. And that's amazing, man. Um, <laughs> I'm right there with you. Just to, just to see other people that you know, like see three or four months ago, right? Three or four months ago, this person got under my skin, just drove me crazy. But to turn and look at that person and genuinely give a shit how they're doing <laughs> and you know what i mean and extend your 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 positive energy to that person even if they're a train wreck even if they're you know just the most negative most cynical 
narcissistic person you'd ever met. But to look right. at them and smile at them genuinely, uh, when I first noticed myself doing that for real, the first couple times, I was blown away. You know, I was like, wait, what? So I'd sit in my car and open up a dialogue, you know, with with Christ, with my guides through that lens of love. And and, uh, you know, everything started flowing through to such an extent that. Uh, you know, I don't have to have that delay is what I'm trying to say in, yeah. in, in reaction. And that's yeah, you're a beautiful convicted thing. Right away. You have the Holy spirit living within you. The word has become flesh in you. And now it's an immediate process because you have invited him in and he is there with you. And I want to jump in with this Bible verse, because this is something that's been coming to me more and more. It's so perfect. Proverbs three, five, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. That that's, is, that's the ticket, bro. Right there. That, that's everything because <laughs> For sure. I, I can't, you know, when we, when we disagree on something, you know, when you have two people disagree on something, you're never going to make someone agree with you by yelling at them and getting angry with them. Absolutely. But if you submit to your God and say, okay, God did this for me. I trust and have faith in God that God can do this for this person as well. And this person will get walked through the process when God determines that and themselves determine that they are ready. So that eliminates like 90% of the BS right there because it's like, okay, I got to give it to God. Just let God right. stop handle stoking it the God's flames, way. right? Stop exactly. stoking that, that fire of anger and, and hate and the just... ego, the pride that I have to be right. And I have to make this person know that I'm right by getting them to submit to me. That's yeah. what that is. Yeah. But I'm now, the boss of my own destiny and of the world. Damn it. Barn my language, but we have real. to submit to him, not get <laughs> anyone to submit to us. That is a game changer. When you understand that for sure. Us. For sure, man. I couldn't agree more. And uh, so, so on, on kind of the subject of, of Bible verses, um, it was pretty recently I started uh, again, reading scripture and looking for certain things because I was pretty much guided to do so. Like Randy, the answers are there. (laughs) The answers are there. Open up the index to the back and the word that's on your mind, look for that. And then look at that verse. So I started doing this. And, um, but like kind of an off the wall thing that happened a couple of weeks ago, I was feeling kind of down on myself, you know, uh, like, like has been known to happen in my life, but it was really weird because it, it hadn't happened for like a couple of few months. Right. I, I had been kind of riding this, this crest of this wave. Right. And I don't know if it was my self manifestation of this wave crashing, you know, having that concept go through my head of, mm-hmm. Oh, well, what if this doesn't last forever or what, you know what I mean? All of that. So that doubt and stuff kind of started to to settle in, but that stuff only started to settle in once I opened myself up and left myself open. And, you know, for a long period of time there, uh, being open like that to love and, and to God and to Christ and spirit and my guides. Right. And, and this sort of thing, leaving myself open but then I started looking at information that other people were passing around and sharing about, you know, mystical energies being evil, right? 
I got, no, that's evil. You know what I mean? So I started thinking about that, about the darkness inherent in leaving yourself open. So I, I wound up basically shutting myself down and getting in a bad spot. But through that moment where I was really struggling with this, I got one word that came through while I was consciously blocking, <laughs> you know what I mean? Consciously right. blocking out everything. And it was Saul. That was it. Saul. So I'm like, what have I got to lose? I open a Bible <laughs> and, <laughs> and look at Saul and the story of, of Saul is Saul later. Uh, Saul is not a good man, right? Yeah. Saul right. is an evil, evil person. And, um, you know, uh, spoiler alert, he, he repents and is saved and becomes an agent of God and of light and of hope and truth and love, right? I'd say probably the second or third most powerful person in the Bible. Yeah, definitely. And, and so he... Of course, his name then then changes later on. But aside from that, I'm starting to look into this man. What's going on here? And so the message that I got and the message that's literally written in black and white in the Bible is that no matter what you may think you've done, no matter what you are beating yourself up about right now. And, and I mean, literally anyone, this, this guy killed people, right? So So no matter what you do. If you're able to recognize that and work through it and move forward with the help of God, you are, you are then almost by default of God. Right. Yeah. So, so that was super powerful for me. And just that one word was all that came through. Like I said, while I was blocking, man, nothing else was coming through. I didn't have songs going through my head. I didn't have anything going on up there. I was just blocking consciously right. blocking for the better part of a day. Cause I didn't want to be open to that evil. Right. I had this thought process going on of, Oh no, you know, I forgot my, my faith and my understand. I forgot my faith in lieu of understanding for a moment there. And so that word Saul came through. Well, it's interesting with Saul is that he wasn't just murdering anybody and it's not that Christians are more important or anything, but he was persecuting and, I don't know if he murdered Christians, but he was persecuting Christians who were spreading the word of Jesus Christ. Who, and then he became uh, as power. Well, he, you know, I don't know if John or Paul, whoever would be second and third right there, but he became so powerful in casting out demons and in doing all of his works that demons recognize. I just read a, a passage today where Jews were teaching because Paul was healing in the name of Jesus Christ, they started talking about in the name that uh, Jesus and Paul were talking about, uh, we cast these demons down. The demon looked at him and said, well, we know Jesus and we know Paul, but we don't know you. And they ran away and they're like, get rid of all of our teachings, burn all of our old books. We need to put our faith into Jesus because we're not strong enough. So his I mean, that's how powerful he was that a demon spoke through a human and said, yeah, we know Jesus and Paul, but we don't know you. So, you know, that's, <laughs> that's quite incredible. That's very powerful for sure. And just, just the fact that, that he was, uh, was a very, you know, dark spirited man who did dark spirited yeah. things. Right. But then was, 
was able to not just rectify that, but completely flip the script. Like, like I really do feel all of us can do. Yeah. I, I, I 100% hands down believe that within, within our, yeah, within ourselves through Christ, we can literally do anything. We can understand anything. We can, we can even feel anything because like on the range of emotions, right? Most of us have never got to what you were talking about earlier, that bliss. And it's not blissful ignorance either. It's, it's being one with love. (laughs) Like just that, man. It's it's being nothing except love and understanding. They're the only two words. And those two words combined to make you feel bliss. It's do you just love and understand everything and everyone just, there is no, it's not even everyone. It's everything is just perfect. And And especially yourself, like in order to feel that you have to be at one with yourself. It was like I was walking around through life as if like I was in a dream state. And I'm just like observant, like the most lucid dream you could ever have. Like it was just impossible to describe other than love, understanding I'm with or you on that, man. I've been blessed, absolutely blessed enough to have had uh, more than one experience like that, you know? Um, and it's, it's utterly amazing. I, I mean, it's, it's potent enough to get me to forget about all of the Eastern things that I've learned, all of these shamanistic things that I've learned and come on here and have this conversation with you right now. When for the longest period of time, I was ardently against, um, well, again, I'm still against religion. I think it's a system that's designed to pit us against each other, period. That's what I think religion is. So all that aside, but you know, I wasn't, uh, I was very hesitant when like I first started my podcast to speak about spirituality through a lens of Christ and um, in having a couple, of, it, it, right. I, I just, yeah, exactly. I didn't, didn't want to make someone else uncomfortable by making myself uncomfortable. It was this whole ridiculous loop of a thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so um, yeah, I've had a couple of those experiences and, the mind blowing part about those experiences for me is to have those without being intoxicated, right. To to not be on mushrooms and, and have this profound, very, very psychedelic love experience. Like, like you're saying, it feels like you live in, you're living a dream for that moment, but you understand and know, and through these experiences, I learned, I didn't learn, but I no longer fear death or pretty much anything aside from mundane daily things that tend to grab my energy occasionally, Mm -hmm. you know, but I'm learning how to work through those on the fly also. Um, But it was just amazing. And for a long time, I felt like I would be called a crazy person for saying that I, I heard the voice of God. That was how I described that blissful feeling Um, because it's, it's very much, a sound. Hey, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it's very I've much a vibration. Many times, yeah. It's very much a vibration, a sound, a resonance. There we go. That's probably the best term. Um, and you An know, understanding not, it's a beautiful thing. And um, 
So can I, uh, can I uh, not to cut you off, but no, can good. I touch on that uh, psychosis type part that we were talking about just a little bit with the drugs? And uh, so I, for myself, before I purified myself to the point that I'm at now, not that I'm more pure than anyone else or anything, I'm just saying from where I was, when I was into doing the spirituality stuff and uh, the Eastern mysticisms, when I was understanding all that, I was afraid to not smoke weed because I thought I wouldn't feel as spiritual. I wouldn't feel as connected to God as I did. So I smoked weed for that reason. And then through slowly through different processes, uh, Jesus introduced Delta eight to me. So I Mm. tried that. So that weaned me off of the weed. Then I weaned myself off the Delta eight when I realized that was feeding the demons or the parasites within me (laughs) that I then had to detox from. And, and it was this feeling and I can understand why people who become psychic all of a sudden, you know, this is what happened for me. I, I accidentally became psychic and I was, I didn't want to go back to not being that connected to God anymore. And it's this feeling that was within my head that I didn't realize until I've gotten closer to Christ now that it was energies that were living inside me that aren't of me. And they started attacking me the closer I got to Christ. So that it's actually as I purify myself and I stop feeding them and I start killing them off by doing parasite detoxes, that I am getting closer and closer to God by not doing anything this is why they talk about (laughs) fasting and praying can get rid of most demons because you're not feeding your body anything but water and prayer and that can get rid of most of the things that are wrong with us today and it you know that little concept of oh oh my god i'll i'm not going to be able to hear in the spirit world or i'm not going to be connected to god that was fear that drove me to continue right. to do bad habits that Spot I thought on, were <laughs> that I thought were okay. Spot and not on, that I, I'm against anybody out there doing that, but that's just the process that I went through, my revelations that I had. For sure, dude. That's that's amazing, man. Um it, it's kind of wild, you know, looking at you on this this black mirror screen because I'm seeing a reflection, <laughs> a direct reflection of very similar events in my life, which and, and again, you know, to people out there this isn't me trying to be holier than thou or anything. This is just sharing how it worked for me. It will work differently for each person individually. We all have our own perspectives and our own journey to, you know, our own path to travel. So that being said, uh, oddly enough, I too was hardened to pot, right. To, for, um, for very much that, that meditative kind of in between quality that it has. Mm -hmm. I'm coming to realize more and more now that, a lot of that may or may not have been the essence of the plant, the plant spirit, you know, mm-hmm. allowing me to go down certain channels in order to find something out or, or in order just to find peace. And so, so I'm with you on the, that fear thing going, well, if, if I stop this, like, dude, I don't want to lose this connection. Right. I don't, I don't want to be without this spark, that that's, starting to become a burning fire. So that fear then just almost snuffs out your flame. But I went and I switched just like you did over to Delta eight and, um, did that for a bit. And 
then right at the end of using Delta 8, I ran into something called THCO. Oh, yeah, I use and, that as well. And they say that it's a very spiritual experience. But in using that, it's a little too spiritual if you're not prepared for, mm. for what may come through and what may interact with you. Um, because like several times uh, vaping that stuff, I got into a, a point where this is where a lot of that fear of being open spiritually kind of came in. Right. was was kind of through that i i began to fear a lot of a lot of dark energies and things like this um because you know i i had a in my vape pen i had a link to that connection you know what i mean um so it was scary and i i got fearful and whatnot and um so i basically weaned myself off of that and after stopping that like i was i was gonna you know get pot several times and stuff like this, or, um, you know, uh, perhaps even like other hallucinogens and things like this very recently, you know, these, these things come up and I'm able to look at it and go, no, you know what? I don't like the doorway that that THCO plant spirit, whatever piece of a plant spirit that was opened up for me. It left me open and, but it did force me, however, to, reflect on what was going on internally. And so eventually, you know, I stopped using THC altogether. Can I uh, share my screen here real quick? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause I got, this is uh, the guy I just had on uh, nomad. He was just on my podcast. He sent me this afterwards. Cause uh, we were talking about this a little bit. Okay. Let's see. see You got it. Yes, I do. Oh, Okay, yeah. so so th- this is the Twisted Serpent of Wisdom. So Yaldabaoth, who is the god in Gnosticism, this is the Twisted Serpent of Wisdom, the Gnostics called Kenobis from the Egyptian Kenep, the father of Ptah. Another way of spelling Kenobis is Cannabis, the name of the Essenes, and Kenobis or Cannabis, he is the Canna, serpent or conduit, Biz or Buzz, from Anna or heaven cannabis. So it looks like a, a joint with a lion as its head. And that is, <laughs> wow. That ties right into cannabis. Rastafarianism, right? I, like I didn't even the, know that. The image, yeah. the image of the lion's head, you know, in the, in the Jamaican Rastafarian kind of tradition is yeah, very, wow. is very prominent. Um, it looks like a twisted up joint. <laughs> that's not the twisted serpent. That's why the twisted serpent of wisdom. I love that. And, you know, that's, wow, that, that really sums up the vibe that I was getting from, from cannabis in in all of its forms for the most part. Uh, Currently I'm working on, you know, not using so much CBD and things I've scaled back significantly on that in changing my diet and things like this. I've been able to alleviate a lot of inflammation and stuff going on in my body Um, have managed to cease all pharmacia which is amazing. I mean, just hands down amazing because I broke my spine in three places 10 years ago. And so I've been taking, you know, gabapentin, pain pills, any kind of anti-inflammatory for years. Right. Right. And it just became part of that ritual. But once I was like, no, I don't want that ritual in my life. I, I want to have the power to, to do these things for myself. And I knew it was going to be rough, especially getting off of antidepressants and 
being forced essentially to look within at all of the things I was hiding from, you know, mm-hmm. by taking those medications. Yeah. Um, since stopping taking those medications, I've reconnected with my entire family. You know, I've that's amazing. I've addressed so many things that were on the back burner for so long. Um, I've put certain old relationships that are not beneficial to rest and, and, you know, we still remain friends and things like this, but you know, I'm not leading the person on, right. Or I'm not, you know, I'm not doing a lot of these things that I recognize that I was doing for a very long time, even after I quit using drugs, you know, I was still, it was, it was harming my, my ability to manifest for myself, having this stuff sitting on the back burner. And, you know, I didn't recognize that a lot of the time because I was a either taking a pharmaceutical of some kind um, and allowing that to empower me, you know, churning through the day, taking a bunch of gabapentin. So I wouldn't be in pain instead of looking at what is it in my diet, in my lifestyle that is causing this inflammation or what can I do to benefit myself in order to alleviate this pain? So, you know, since then, um, since recognizing that and, and giving those, those rituals up, uh, life at first got a lot more difficult, a lot more extreme and, and like introverted in my head, a lot more going on. And fortunately enough, I was prepared for it a a little bit better than I had maybe been in the past. And, um, so long story short, stop the pharmacia. (laughs) So that's amazing, you know, and, and it, it all started with that, that, that bliss, that, that feeling of bliss. And, and um, I just had misinterpreted that, like you're saying, as, as part of maybe is this coming from, from this, this pot or, you know what I mean? This, this THC. Um, But then when I, when I ended up switching from Delta eight to THCO, it, it scared the shit out of me the first time I vaped it. Cause I was just like, Whoa, like <laughs> I'm like incredibly open right now. And I don't know if I like this. And um, so I used it for a little bit, kind of went through a phase with it, maybe about, you know, three weeks and um, got towards the end there. And I was just like, I, I just don't want to, because I started feeling better about things when I was sober, like completely sober. Yeah. And I started then learning to want that, <laughs> you know, instead right. of this open, easy gateway. No, I, started I, I ask- do want the hard work, actually. <laughs> I started asking myself the question of if God made me perfect in God's image, then why do I feel the need to change my consciousness? Why do I need to alter my state of being with this uh, medicine or, you know, plant, whatever, right. you know, someone wants to call well, like, why do I feel that need? And I realized I was like, oh, I'm just doing addictive behaviors. And I did want to touch on because it is a scary thing. Like you said, uh, spirits coming through you, uh, you keep yourself open and you're not sure what's going on when like there. So when people first get into spirituality and they're not coming in from Christ, things will appear as if they are helpful to you and they will help you to a certain extent. You know, if, if I'm a farmer and my cow breaks its leg, I'm going to help fix it so that it can produce more milk for me, not necessarily because it's for the cow's benefit, but it's because it's my benefit. So these quote unquote beings that are helping us wake up 
are helping us not necessarily for ourselves, but so that we can spread their message so that they can come through us rather than us talk about Christ, which would put them in a tighter box. So when we are just completely open the way I was, the way you're explaining happened to you for a time, when we're completely open, it's like we don't really know what's going on. It's a very new and adventurous and it can feel very cool at times. But then as soon as you start to help yourself without them, then they start to do things to you. And now you have invited something in you and you have energies and I would, I can feel energies moving about my body and all all the ways, you know, like my chakra system is my energy centers are completely open. I cleared myself out completely, but in doing that, I can feel the very slightest vibrational change in me. So when these things come in, there's not a surefire way to get them out. Now I call on the name of Christ. That is the best way but still not everything will leave because of that. You have to sometimes call them out. You have to recognize what it is. And the way you recognize what it is, is for me, what I do is I'll run through the feelings. Like, is this resentment? Is this uh, grief? Like whatever the emotion or the, the thought process is, you know, I'll, I will latch on diagnostic check, a little analytics on yourself. Yeah. And and when I latch onto the right word, I know it. That's like, like you were saying, like when Jesus comes through me, I know I'm making the right decision. Like if I have a glass of milk and a glass of orange juice in front of me, I'll put my hand on the orange juice. And if I feel my hand wants to go to the milk, I'll do that. And then it's like, okay, I, I want the milk. <laughs> right. That, it's so I, subtle, but very, very identifiable. Yeah. yeah that's, so that's that. how I, I make decisions. Yeah. And So that's how I kind of figure out what I have to call out too. So it's very important that we do keep ourselves closed off until we understand exactly what's going on, why it's happening and how to stop it. If we don't know how to stop it, then you definitely don't want to keep inviting it in. And if you don't know what it is, you definitely don't want to invite it in. So you have to really get a feel for it before you continue on anyone out there. That's if you want to continue on your processes, understand what it is, how it's affecting you and how you can ask it to leave. Because just because you ask it to leave doesn't mean it's going to leave. You can command it to leave in Jesus Christ's name doesn't mean it's going to leave. There's there's not really a surefire way, but it's the extended uh, period of time of purifying yourself and uh, withholding from doing whatever invited it in the first place. You have to figure out what invited it in and withhold from doing that action, which is that's what fasting is not necessarily just food, but fast from marijuana, fast from coffee, fast from any types of different things that you may be doing, uh, yoga or Reiki or whatever you're doing, stop doing that for 30 to 40 days, like Lent, stop doing it for 30 to 40 days and then see how you feel. That is really how you can get something else. Just the extended period of time of starving it out of you by not feeding whatever it is that it's 
eating off of you because it's your it's host and it's a parasite for sure and that that applies to um you know the the material and also the yeah. the spiritual you know um uh, and even the fear porn conspiracy theories you know that's a big yeah. one yeah that was that was a really hard one for me to get off of and you know i'm not gonna lie i still indulge and i call it indulging when I turn on public radio and to listen and see what the headline is for the day or whatever, um, right. you know, it's something that I'm, I'm beginning to understand that just needs to not even be considered or looked at. Um, and, and the crazy thing is I'm finding this out as I'm giving this advice to others, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. as I'm saying, you know, maybe you shouldn't be watching them. Oh, okay. And that's, you know, Jesus going, yeah. Uh, see, you're learning from teaching. That's a beautiful right. thing. So that's that's been happening a lot. I love that. Um, I still well, have I still haven't stopped tuning out uh, public radio just yet. But well, um, it's kind of hard with this World War Three on the. That's on the what verge. I was gonna say. <laughs> World War Three kicked off today, and uh, and here we are saying we we can't pay attention to it. But it's, <laughs> exactly. I, it, I mean, there's a, a place where it we're is part like, of the realm where we exist. Yeah, you know, we like, have to know what's going on in the external because it is reflecting what's going on inside of us. It means there's a war happening inside of each of us, and that war kicked off today and, and what however you know we are all witnessing that there's something even if it is only psyops and it's uh whatever it's, it's a very actually, yeah, it's that material outer re representation of your spiritual right. inner and it's i think a lot of people of have a war going on within yeah. themselves right now a lot pretty much everybody i've met in the last at least few months right which is almost everybody I've pretty much met in the last 10 years has been in the last few months, which is super cool. But all of these people have not so much a very similar backstory, but a very similar interpretation of what's going on with themselves today. Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of, a lot of people I know are learning that they're, they're empaths or that they do have some sort of a, uh, you can call it psi ability or right. uh, ability to decipher dreams. So all of these divine spiritual gifts, right, yeah. is is basically what these are. Um, yeah. They're spiritual gifts, and you know, but we we live in this crazy materialistic, um, dumb yourself down, you know, smoke some drugs world where everything's glamorized like that. So it's very difficult to approach that battle going on inside yourself and say, no, enough's enough. And I mean, I still drink coffee and smoke cigarettes and, and use CBD. So, I mean, I'm getting there one step at a time. And what's awesome though, is I get the reassurance on a regular basis. I mean, several times a day, I'm, I'm in contact with, with Christ, my guide, uh, you know, my guide through Christ basically, um, because one doesn't really seem to come without the other, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Without my heart knowing where to tune in, it's not like I just, um, pop out of my third eye and, and, you know, go and find these things like, no, I'm, I'm being guided to certain understandings and certain information. Um, much like, however, I was being guided in the past by whatever it was or whatever, um, whatever side of the polarity, the uh, entity that was guiding me in the past, giving me the information like bubbles on bubbles and stuff like this, right. that, that became so profound after I started seeing this information reciprocated from the outside world. Um, so yeah, that was like very, that was an addicting experience at first. 
Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, dude, I really love this knowing and, and having that moment of understanding and, uh, and the seeing of a being in a whole new world and all these new experiences and more, I want more. I would meditate four hours at a time yep. without drugs. I, I went, I think eight hours plus one day, wow. um, and three or four of which was Om Om chanting. So, so, I mean, that, that was an incredibly profound experience. I'm very thankful I had that experience, but, um, it it left me wanting, you know, afterward. And, and I think that's really, that was really dangerous for me at that point. And it caused me to almost, uh, self-destruct again, because I was like, how do I get back to that, that point with, without spending an entire day to get there? Right. Yeah. So you're just chasing that dragon. Whether it's whether it's heroin or or meditation or like you're saying any of these, uh, I I dare say abuses of your spiritual gifts, right? Because oh, in yeah. you're doing that, you're you're not helping anybody, you're not helping your creator, you're not you're not even really helping yourself. You're just like on a field trip, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? You're just at the theme park in your right. in your in your soul or whatever. And and, uh, and instead of doing the alms and anyone who's american or english uh you know like i said earlier god's name is probably a e i o u do do those letters do those sounds instead of doing the alms from wherever they come from right do what you come from and try that it actually it made a difference when i was trying to expel an energy out of me i felt something leave my throat i felt my throat tighten up as I was uh, saying it. And when I said E, it just popped out of my ears and it was gone. And I was like, wow, I'm free. That's amazing. (laughs) You know, I've I've only gotten as far as ah and oh. Um, And that was just because I was doing, I went to relatively recently, went back to, to, to meditate again after I thought I had expelled that fear, right. You know, of, of the, the, of the astral and, I was genuinely, you know, scared of that energy for, for a while. I mean, I had a, an Akashic records reader on my show and after an hour, I, I pretty much stopped the conversation because I was frightened of the information. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was frightened of the, uh, not repercussions, but, uh, of the, uh, of it, of this further verifying my, my connection with the divine. Um, but I, I just had this fear, this fear vibe about it. So, you know, mm. um, I kind of bailed out of that conversation a little bit early, which, you know, looking back at it, I do see why. And I, I recognize that I'm very uh, aware and outspoken about what happened there. I was, I was scared of, uh, what is the word of the what that, the implications of what that could mean. Right. Yeah. Um, especially with, was a reading being done on you? No, but she was talking about something, a reading that she did on someone else and it rang right in with that bubbles on bubbles thing. And I had never spoke with this person. I've had the bubbles thing come up at least six or seven times on my podcast with all different people. So I'm starting to understand or feel that that understanding may have been a, a very pure understanding. But then, like you're saying about when you open yourself up, right, and you start invoking Christ, you get these other things that come in and start chiming in and attacking you. And it's not always just negative things they're saying, 
or in, insinuating. Well, sometimes it will be kind of something amazing that benefits you, but then also sets you in motion for like a bad habit or, you know, a dysfunctional yeah. relationship, right? It provides all these as... outwardly material things for you real quick. And yeah. then, and then you're, you're finding yourself on the wrong path. They come as the angel of light because they wouldn't be very good if they came as demons. You know, fallen angels aren't demons. They're two different things. And when fallen angels come to us or when beings present to us as if they are angelic, they are much more trust. We are much more trusting of that than we are of the ugly demon that wants to take us over. There's a very big difference. And uh, you know, they're going to help us because they want to be helped and they're right. helped by us. So for sure, it's, dude, it's important to know that they come <laughs> as the angel of light. Absolutely. And and that was one of the first uh, scriptures that I looked into again recently. This would have been probably about a month and a half ago. So my discernment has reached a different level very recently than where it was prior to that. You know, um, and it and it was all kind of on the back of that fear vibe, telling me, "Oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't meditate." And then I started to understand, like you're saying, that it's not so much just the meditation; it's how am I doing it? Mm -hmm. You know, to what extent am I am I doing it? What am I trying to achieve? Right. You know what I mean? Is my heart in the right place? You know, that was a was a big one, and. Once I realized and worked through a lot of those fear issues, I've started, you know, cleaning out my closet um, internally and, and I even cleaned my house the other day, you know what I mean? So like, it's, it's very interesting that in the process of cleaning out my skeletons in my closet, I find myself cleaning my home on the outside yeah. and being thrilled about it. I'm not, yeah. never been the person to be thrilled, right? Instead of spending 20, 40 bucks on some THC or something, I get a couple of house plants. And, and I, and I speak with them and nurture them and, and things. So well, it's become a very different it? thing. It's how amazing so is it when we do our chores and we're satisfied with doing house chores, just with it, doing it, not in, in the, yeah. even in the result, but just in doing it. Right. Yeah, it's so um, fulfilling. And it's, it is, <laughs> it's really you, you were nuts. Yeah, me, <laughs> you me too. I was, uh, I never kept myself uh, very clean as a child or teenager or young adult. So, you know, now that's, I it's, and it's a thing with me where I'll work and then I'll, do i'll have to food shop you know for what a couple things or whatever come home cook take out the trash do the dishes and it's not like i'm angry about it now i wish that i would get a little more peace in between and a little more break mm -hmm. but i'm okay with it because i understand that i'm serving because my lord jesus christ came down here as a human and washed the feet of the homeless of his disciples he hung out with the sick and the prostitutes. So he's serving the lowest people of earth. And he showed me that I'm supposed to be serving the earth and not in his way. I'm supposed to do it in my way. And how can I do it in my way? But I can serve my family and I can serve myself by not getting angry and just do the things that need to be done because they have to be done anyway. And you know what? I, I feel accomplished when I do it. It's fulfilling. So 
I totally relate to all you're saying. (laughs) It's that's, it's so awesome, man. Um, honestly, like, I think you're the first person I've, I've connected with, uh, you know, through, through a face-to-face kind of discussion about a lot of these things. Um, I'm honored. and, And so I really appreciate that. It's, it's honestly, um, the looks that I get when I try to discuss a lot of these things are generally deer in headlights. You know what I mean? Like the, uh, other people might know it as that fluoride stare and, yeah. and, you know, so, but I, I've learned to recognize that not become like worked up or really in any kind of emotion about it. I'm starting to learn more and more how to adapt to others energy when they're within my, yeah. my Taurus, right. When they're within my bubble, um, that's that's been what I'm working through lately. Um, well, what did Jesus do for you? He came to you as you are, right? So we have to go to others as they are, right? And meet them where they're at, and bring Christ to them by showing them He's real by living like Him and proving that He exists, and give and they'll eventually raise up. So we have to do what He did for us, uh, you know, not just when He was alive, but do what he did for us as he saved us in our own time and meet someone where they're at and love them where they're at and bring them, convince them to come to you by through action and through dedication and through love. And, you know, I'm a parent. Um, I've got a a boy and he's, uh, he's going to be 11 this year. And, you know, when, when he first came back after I got out of rehab, you know, he came back to live with me dude, I didn't know what what I was doing or where, you know, where I was going. I did know that I wasn't on drugs and that was great, Mm -hmm. but you know, I didn't understand a lot of the steps I would take to heal our relationship and, you know, to, to become the father that, that basically that Jesus Christ would want my son Mm -hmm. to have, or would be, if he were here, right. You got to embody that Christ consciousness and, and, and just, you know, put that forward and, always put your best foot forward. Even if your foot's going to get stomped on, you know, maybe don't react in a feeding the fire way to that foot getting stomped on instead, turn the other cheek. Right. And so this is something that I've had to exercise with my son. He's got some, some stuff he's working through, you know, his, his mom has passed, he was in foster care for a bit. So it's, it's rough. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff to work through, but we've right. been working through it. And it used to react a lot to you know, disrespect or different things coming from him. But, you know, through, through this lens, I've learned to look through recently, I'm able to see why is it that is that he's getting angry, first of all. And I found out a lot of it has to do with the reaction he expects to get, right. You know, so he's, and he's so much like me, he's so much like me that I'm starting to recognize old habits of my own in him. Mm. And I'm like, Oh, that's where that habit went. Right. Like that's where it went. That's where I left it. I I accidentally left it on my son's heart, (laughs) you know? And, and so we're working through a lot of that and it's, it's been beautiful. And um, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Sometimes there's some, some bumpiness and some rough, rough, rough patches. And there's a lot of times where even to this day, you know, like I said, I'm a work in progress. I will, I will get, triggered by responses that he gives me for basic things like, Hey, clean up, (laughs) you know, but then I started looking around and I go, well, Randy, how clean is this place that you've been cleaning? Not really. Is it, 
yeah so you know before you go and chew him about it why not demonstrate you know what i mean so this is like the the inner dialogue going on and um it's it's crazy i'm never bored i'll tell you that much anymore i'm never bored i'm i'm always um kind of connected with my purpose uh, you know, yeah. for, for better, for worse, whatever that means, I've learned that the worst side of it is just things that I need to, you know, to work through and so on and so forth, you know, in the, in the new age or new wave community be called uh, shadow work, right. Mm-hmm. We've, we've got to do that in order to burn brighter ourselves. And so that's a lot of, a lot of what I've been doing. That's what my podcast was about is about, you know, I started this thing as a way to break down a barrier um, between me and the outside world. And, and it definitely has done, done that and more, you know, <laughs> it's, right. it's been amazing. And, um, you know, it's allowed me to, to see things from different perspectives to do different works, but all right. So back on the subject of demons, have you seen, a like a close up microscopic picture of like a hookworm? Uh, I don't know that I have actually, I don't think I have it right here, so it's fine. But, um, it's basically the same thing as if you look up like an like some of the old pictures or or sketches of uh, demons. Maybe I did I send that? To, I, uh, I I think that I've seen it. If you, yeah, I I think yeah. Okay, I didn't know that was a hookworm, but yeah, there I have I've come across this picture that has <laughs> has a parasite and a demon next to it, or like your typical what you would think a demon looks like, and right. it's like wow, that is that. We just have our scale all mixed up. We think of a demon as being bigger than a house and with horns and red, but like, think about it. If it's small, maybe it might look a lot like, I don't know, a hookworm. Well, yeah, <laughs> well they, uh, they, they are bigger than the house, but they can't, they're not in the physical world like we are. So they're like fingers are in us as parasites. And that's how they uh, evolve in us that they spread the parasite. It's, it is so like, like a, a, like a larvae. Uh, yeah exactly wow mind-blowing dude and so so yeah we got all over the uh the spiritual road here today but um wow dude i'm just my mind's blown it's so cool to to meet you and interact with you is there is there anything you wanted to shout about or or anything like Uh, that Um, yeah so when you were talking about being a parent i my daughter's going to be 13 this year and we recently went through a lot of the same things you were just describing uh, and not that we're not still, you know, it's always a work in progress. Uh, but sh- there was one day where she was verbally abusing me for like three hours. I allowed her to just yell. There was this demon in her that I'll say, you know, we're talking about demons. Mm-hmm. And I was so what it was is I was cleaning her room and I had on music talking about Jesus because that's all the music I listened to, Christian hip hop and Christian worship. So it, that came on and she was harassing. She was so just abusing me and I let her do it because it was me getting back all that I put in her, all that those times that I yelled at her and, and berated her, it was coming back at me in full force. And it was three or four hours until she tired herself out. And this was just like a year and a half ago. And now today, I mean, she's a completely different person. She keeps her room clean. Like that was a big struggle for us. She keeps her room clean by herself of her own fruition. Last night, I uh, gave her my Bible from when I was in prison. And I I told her to start reading the Gospel of John. And 
she was open to it, not only open to it, but she read it. And then today I come home from work and she changed out one of her earrings for a cross earring. She has, uh, she got me this WWJD bracelet. Well, she got a bunch for herself and her friends and she gave me one. And so she has her own personal relationship with Christ. And so what you're saying right there is you seeing your attributes in your son. I've just went through that with my daughter and similarly, well, her mother is still alive, but she hasn't seen her mother in a long time. She's up and she's still an addict an addict yeah indisposed in addiction gotcha yeah (laughs) and uh you know we live in georgia we moved 750 miles away from philadelphia where we're from and uh she went up there for uh christmas break her mother didn't see her she was up there two months for summer vacation and she saw her mother like two times uh you know man yeah that so that you know there's no way to, so there's rough. no way for that to not impact you know a child um and i mean my my son went through the same thing his entire young life um yeah you know um maybe now that that she has passed he's able to gain some closure and this has been yeah. we've been working through some of this but um you know like it like you're saying uh man it's it, it isn't it just an intriguing mind-blowing and gratifying experience to do that for another by by doing for yourself really like like i was saying before god does for those who do for themselves like you put your your best foot forward you put that effort in to you know maybe allow your child to scream and yell at you without turning around and flame throwing them you know what i mean and show them patience right and and as much man that's that's a tough spot to be in for an extended period of time when when a child is yelling at you and uh, most of the voices in your mind are like, this disrespect's got to stop. You know, you get that voice right. in the back here. You don't stand for this, blah, 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 you know? Right, right. But uh, I just sat there breathing, you know, I, was, I, was, <laughs> I wasn't really meditating. I was just breathing away all of it. Just focusing on your her. air. Right. Yeah. And it's I showed her that Jesus was real by by doing for her in that moment what Jesus was doing for me. And I had to bring him to life in me i had to make the word flesh in order to get through to her and i did and she is so different than i mean it it only took a, a short amount of time for her that's to awesome, have man. a huge difference in her yeah it, it's, <laughs> that's so beautiful it's that thing about just showing everybody show them that jesus exists by living the way that he would be doing things ask him for direction on everything and your life becomes infinitely greater dude yeah <laughs> that's amazing man uh crazy uh crazy parallels you know between just about uh everything that i've heard you say and and my own life and it goes as within so without so, so you know as i'm working through all of these things i'm finding myself gravitating towards specific people and circumstances that are in line with this vibration frequency right um well we're definitely brothers it's it's wild it's amazing dude um so yeah i mean i'm still you know struggling working a lot with um with my son through his his emotional processy process (laughs) processes (laughs) um so that's that's going on and you know in my in my personal kind of uh um personal recreational life 
um, finding myself working through the questions that I have that say I would like meditate and, and like maybe ask, you know, my guides for direction on something. I'm finding out that that's really not necessarily necessary. Um, because if something comes to mind that I want to know more about, I actively pursue it, you know, and, and make it happen. So, you know, I'm not sitting meditating, trying to manifest things. Instead, right. I'm, I'm just manifesting Doing. it, like just, yeah. you know, and, and I think that that's what is kind of dangerous, I guess, about meditation and the whole practice of, you know, manifesting, whether it's wealth or any number of things. Um, from a personal point of view, I know that wealth will not bring me happiness because I've been wealthy and it led me to doom <laughs> for mm. myself. Ultimately, you know, right. it led to a lot of darker, darker places. Um, granted, you know, I had shiny things, uh, but, but I did not have a sense of self-love or any of that. And, um, so it's, it's been a wild ride, man. Uh, Dude, <laughs> my <laughs> mind's blown right now. Oh, so I, I know what I wanted to ask you before we uh, probably wrap up here. It's getting a little on in hours. Um, I wanted to ask you about, uh, you know, for my listeners out there, I know you've addressed this maybe on a couple of other podcasts, but um, what did you find to be the most effective method, not just, you know, spiritually, but physically for helping to clear out these, these demons or these parasites, because I think it's very important. Um, and, you know, especially if, if people are even remotely into the Bible or spiritual, they might recognize, recognize a couple of the methods that you talk about as related to scripture. So if, if you want to go ahead and, and touch on that real quick. Yeah. Parasite detox is life-changing. Uh, so I use Paracel, P-A-R-A-C-E-L. I don't uh, promote them. If they <laughs> want to sponsor me, I actually would. Uh, <laughs> I would include them as a sponsor, but uh, you know I don't get paid for that. But that what it has in it is black walnut, clove, garlic, and wormwood, which wormwood's a biblical thing. Uh, so what it, a parasite detox does for you is it kills all of these bugs that we have inside of us. And and viruses, it turns out, have never actually been seen to replicate themselves. It's <laughs> never been witnessed. They've just seen the remnants of. So I don't know that this is true or anything. This is just a thought process that I had that maybe the way that a snake sheds its skin is a virus is a parasite shedding its skin and leaving it there. And then it appears as if because the parasite was there, it appears that, Oh, the viruses are replicating, but it's just a parasite's just been shedding its skin all over the place. You know, that's kind of the way that I see it in my mind. Now I don't know that to be true, but I do know that parasites are the cause of so many different things. I've had on Alexia Eisenhower twice now, episode 90 and episode 104. And I mean, everyone should really go check out those two episodes on uh, my podcast because she breaks it down and it uh, seems very simple. Once you start doing it, you start to relieve yourself, uh, you know, go into the bathroom, you start to it starts to feel different you start your stomach 
feels different. You don't feel compelled to eat certain things. You don't feel compelled, whatever your addictions are, whatever your vices are, when you start to uh, detox your parasites, you start to realize that you're feeding your parasites with all these different things that it, it all of a sudden becomes easier to start fasting. And this is another biblical thing is when we uh, do intermittent fasting, 16 hours uh, without eating, which is not actually that difficult. If you consider the eight hours or so that you sleep, plus another eight hours, it's not actually that difficult. You can eat from between the hours of two in the afternoon till 10 at night. You eat two meals in there and you're good to go. And then you just deny yourself the rest of the day. You're, you're going to lose weight. You're going to feel better. You're going to detox your parasites. I mean, it's just uh, fasting and par uh, parasite detox are the two best ways to clear your body of all these unwanted negative energies. It makes all the other things so much easier to get rid of. Right on, dude. I appreciate you touching on that. And uh, just a little, little tidbit for those that aren't like versed in the, in the Bible. Um, Revelation speaks of an asteroid or a celestial body called Wormwood. This is what kills off all, all of the, uh, dark creations and things on the earth after the end times, right? Poisons Isn't that, is that about right? The, poisons the third of the waters. There we go. But it's not poison to us. Wormwood's very good for us. It's <laughs> poison to parasites. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Oh man. So dude, I, I so am so grateful and appreciative for you coming on and, uh, man, just killing it. Epic work that you've, that you've been doing. Um, Next time uh, I speak with you, we might have to talk a little bit about about aliens and that sort of things. I've had a, a couple weird experiences with that, and you know that actually directly ties into just about everything we we spoke about, or you know, this evening. So okay. it's it's a great to do. <laughs> we'll put a pin in that for next time. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on, dude. Uh, yeah, you know, the first the me. first time I'd ever ever really heard of your stuff was what is a Tartarian, you know, reading that. Uh, my article yeah, uh, yeah. is a Tartarian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, Tartaria is how I got into everything that I'm doing now. Um, it was a, a great uh, catapult into esoteric things and um, even spirituality, because you can't look at cathedrals without going, wow. That's beautiful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or some of these old buildings. Wow, that is just amazing. These these people had God with them when they were considering these oh, yeah. these buildings and things, right? So um that was huge. And then so to see you, you write that, and it just in a nutshell wraps up a lot of what I'm coming to understand and reflect on uh, that is Tartarian. So recommend for anybody out there, uh, go check out what what's your website, Emmanuel? It's emmanuelkingman.com. So it's I-M-M-A-N-U-E-L kingman.com. And you can go, uh, I have a, you know, a drop down section, click on the blog and it's the last blog entry was WTF is a Tartarian. Nice. Right on, dude. So that's uh, about as good of a segue into wrapping this up as that's going to get. Um, so did you want to go ahead and and plug Godcast and everything real quick and just let people know, uh, you know, what frequency and where they can find you. Yeah. So my podcast is called Godcast, the goodness over darkness podcast. 
Uh, you can find that on any audio platform. My YouTube channel is Goodness Over Darkness. And you can find, so that's the video portion of my podcast is on there. And I do some uh, pretty heavy editing, not editing, but I do some production. So you can go check that out. I also have different series, like the Book of Enoch series is a a playlist, a three-part series. I break down the Book of Enoch. And I have another two-part series of did the second destruction of the world, according to the Bible, already occur? Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that, man. So, And, and, you know, a lot of people are having that question right now when it on on the back of Tartaria, right? It's like, wait a minute, did... Did the thousand year reign already happen? Because it right. must have took a thousand years for all this stuff to be built, built up yeah. and, and you know, so magnificent. So that's awesome, dude. I, I love that you've got those points of reference for the folks out there. That's absolutely amazing. And um, dude, killing it with everything going on. Thank you so much for coming on. It was an absolute blessing and a wonderful time. And I'm so, you know, stoked, just stoked, man, uh, about having you. And uh, hope we can get you back again. Um, oh, I'll have to jump over Anytime. on your platform, maybe, and, yes, sir. and discuss with you uh, some of the borderline psyopy alien type strange experiences that I've had <laughs> that would kind of tie into this kind of uh, oh, I, I've had deception of this grand deception going on, right? Uh, or like what is it, sticks? The band Sticks talks about it's a great illusion. It's a grand illusion, yeah. <laughs> you know, and deep inside we're all the same. So, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's pretty interesting. The uh, music growing up, listening, uh, you know, that my dad would listen to speaking to me in in the age I am now when my right. dad was this age when I was little. So as within, <laughs> so without. Right. As before, so yeah. after. Amazing stuff. Thank you so much again, uh, Emmanuel, yeah. for coming on. And uh, thank you. Right on, dude. Right on. We'll have to meet again. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been Red Thread Podcast with Emmanuel Kingman. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Red Thread Podcast. If you'd like to communicate with me, you can reach me on Instagram at randomfracts. You can now find video companions to episodes that require a visual uh, companion on Odyssey at Red Thread Podcast. And so if you have any stories that you'd like to tell, any experiences you'd like to share, any questions you'd like to ask of the universe, you know, in order to receive that information by putting yourself out there, feel free and let me know. I'm always open to having conversation with anybody who has a conversation to have. Perspectives are very important. And so hopefully, you know, I can assist this world in Uh, learning to accept people's perspectives instead of fighting about them, right? So I just want to extend that invitation to you all. And thank you again for tuning in. Have a great day.